Hey, it's Peter here with MyFSHD. We're coming to you live from our studios on our back patio at the <laughs> house in Carson City and uh, yeah, working our way up to Tahoe in the uh, Sierra Nevada mountains. Beautiful day here. Uh, it's halftime of Arsenal um, Fulham, so it's zero zero. So we'll see if it stays a beautiful day. But uh, we saw that uh, Liverpool was playing uh, cricket with Burnham. He, I don't know. You, I have, I have a guest with me. Um, I'll talk to you, introduce her in a second. But um, Liverpool dropped nine on uh, on uh, Bournemouth. I guess it is Bournemouth today. That's un boy. They're really upset about losing the menu. Anyway. Um, today I got a guest with me, um, Kari Silia. Yes, that's yes. actually perfect. <laughs> is that yeah, good? Yeah, you guys right. know I can't do names very well. <laughs> but Kari is a medical student from South Africa who, of all the places in the world, decided to <laughs> spend her optional rotation yes, yeah. month in our lab here in uh, Reno, Nevada. And uh, in addition, uh, Kari is uh, an FSHD or like a lot of all of you all. And I'm in medical school, just about finishing up. I bet you're about a year away from being doctor. Yeah, that's a bit scary, All but right. yeah. So anyway, I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Corey and I'm from South Africa. Um, I'm studying at the University of Stellenbosch in South Africa. It's like at the bottom next to Cape Town for those who sort of have an idea of the map. And yeah, we have, I'm fifth year now. We have like a six year MBCHB degree, but different than the one in America. And um, yeah, we have a module in our fifth and fourth year, um, like an elective module where they basically say, okay, you guys can sort of do what you want as long as it's in the medical field to sort of just like broaden your horizons. And yeah, I decided to shoot big and go do something completely <laughs> but, different. But how do you end up in, uh, in Nevada? I mean, yeah, all the places in the world the end up. What, yeah, it's a... Uh, well, we're glad, you found, we're glad you're here, actually. Yes. We've been having a great time. The lab's had a great time. But yeah, how, I mean... Yeah, so how'd you end up here? Yeah, so actually, I think it's actually all thanks to my dad. Like, he's always um, sort of, when I got diagnosed as well, he um, was always, like, on the computer sort of searching for things, things we can do because, like, at the moment, there's not a lot of options. Like, you get the diagnosis and then then what? So he um, sort of found Peter through my FSHD and everything and um, started by just like asking questions and stuff um, about things and um, yeah my dad always said how amazing Peter was he's <laughs> always like always answers the emails and everything and like even compared to my like people in South Africa that are closer to you they don't necessarily always answer your emails and stuff and <laughs> I Peter, do my best like, I try <laughs> 16,000 kilometers always comes with the answers and um, yeah and then it was getting close to my elective module and my dad was like, like why don't you do something a bit crazy but just you know spread your wings and maybe you'll like learn everything a lot of like interesting things and uh, meet amazing people and like why not well, well it was kind of odd i mean yeah. it's an email from your dad that says um hey you know uh, basically explain the situation yes. you know would you would you take her for a month yeah like, i asked i could go and she's like sure yeah, I mean, yeah. actually it's just we're just kind of uh I mean, we love, you know, we love having our people have experiences yes. and also, you know, we do a lot of um, work in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of FSHD knowledge in South Africa. So we thought about it, boy, wouldn't it be great to have an MD yeah. down there that uh, in South Africa that uh, really, you know, is a great contact for FSHD, yes. understands it and, yes. and it could really make things really move in, uh, 
in uh, in South Africa. Just just to, even if that's not your specialty, just the idea that just you understand of, yeah. the the from a, both not just a patient standpoint but a medical standpoint no, and, a, sure. and now a research standpoint. Yeah, no, exactly. No, like I've been working in your lab for about three weeks now, and it was just it's a complete different world than being in the hospital and you sort of you know when you do things it's sort of very broad and stuff but when you're in a lab you're you how you think is completely different it's very focused you work with like microliters and stuff <laughs> and very precise right. um but it's been amazing and i feel like like peter like you said um i got a much better understanding like a more in-depth understanding of the disease itself and sort of just like how it works and stuff because like you said in south africa as well there's not uh actually like a general organization that just focuses on fshd it's, it's more very like a broad, muscular dystrophy muscular dystrophy sort, yeah. yeah and there's like a lot of i mean doctors and stuff that don't like my gp you know they don't they don't know of this disease they're like what is that even i've never heard of is that it. even real is that, is that even <laughs> real did you just like make that up so bunch of letters thrown together yeah, yeah exactly so i mean it's and knowledge is power. So, I mean, just... Well, you got to, you know, look out for yourself, right? Exactly, and, exactly. Um, whether it's nutrition, some of the stuff we've been talking about, that lifestyle, but also what's coming down the road. It's, uh, mm. I mean, it's got to be kind of scary, right? You, I mean, so, okay. Had you ever heard of FSHD before you found out? No, not at all. Like, it's, it, yeah, it was very strange to sort of, you know, like, see, when I got, like, my differential diagnosis, to, like, sort of see these names of things that well, are these even like things it's not something that's generally like taught to us because it, it's so rare so in the medical curriculum i mean here i don't think it is either no. i think they do all of neurology in a couple hours I mean, yeah exactly <laughs> i think like we had a few lectures just like neuromuscular disorders yeah. generally and then it's like a bunch of things that aren't just like dystrophic muscle dystrophy that it's maybe like a a name in a one PowerPoint slide somewhere, but it's not like well, what, I, what I get a lot from South Africa and actually even in the US are, is a muscular dystrophy diagnosis, which, mm. well, there's nine classes of muscular dystrophy. Yes. And then yeah. inside that there's 30 plus, maybe even 40 now, different ones, all the limb girdles are different. And, mm. and yeah, some of them are pretty clear, but the misinformation or lack of knowledge is striking. And yeah, it can really sure. affect your health. I mean, some, um, you know, Emory Dreyfus really has cardiac issues that you need mm. to be aware of. It's, you know, FSHD. Actually, if I, I always feel strange, it's one of the better ones to have. And I, the only reason I say that, I understand there's a lot of people out there just saying, you yeah. just don't know. But the reason is, I think therapeutically, it's we can approach it much better than other diseases therapeutically. Exactly, exactly. So. Yeah. yeah. I always say it to myself, like, from all the short straws, it wasn't the shortest. <laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah. and I mean, like, there's a lot of, I feel like, exciting things happening regarding FSHC, the research. I mean, the research you guys are doing in the lab, like, every time you or Takako shows me a new machine or a new thing you're doing, <laughs> I'm like, what? This is amazing. And it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, people have come to this sort of point in technology where they can actually be able to, like, where a cure is so, like, close you can it's, see it coming right i mean yeah, it's actually it's not just fantasy like you're exactly. gonna just you know it's not magic it's yeah. actually real and know? that's yeah. also why i wanted to like do my elective year because i feel like if i can just be a bit part of the process you know that would be amazing and it's really been life-changing it really has opened my eyes to so many options and like genetics in general how 
amazing the study of it is like well, it's not it's not straightforward right i mean you kind of cover genetics 101 yes you know but fshd is like genetics you know it's like a grad level genetics exactly like exactly you know, no it's like, because obviously i wanted to familiarize myself with sort of the disease process and everything and maybe you know understand the terms that you guys use here or not be you did a lot of preparation you actually came pretty prepared yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just didn't want to be like oh i don't know what you're talking about or like googling all the time in the background so um which yeah. can be dangerous actually it there's a lot of misinformation out there yeah. yes no definitely no, we definitely are all about you know yeah empowering people no i mean that's you know with the, the research testing we do but also the knowledge that's just um that's why I love getting questions from everybody out here on the MyFSHD. I've just been always been surprised that people people listen. <laughs> but I get people with things from around the world, but I think it's because people are looking for answers and yeah, help, yeah. and also information that's in a in a format that they can digest. Exactly. Right? Yeah, a, I must say, like your website and podcast has really been amazing because, like you said, there's a lot of inf- misinformation on the internet and stuff, and it's very broad like it doesn't actually give you the answers you're looking for then you have to go to like medical journals on PubMed or medical like research <laughs> not articles. all of those are great either <laughs> and sometimes obviously it's a different world than you know the average Joe is in and they use right. words that not a lot of people understand or they're like oh I don't want to learn about this but I feel like your podcast and website actually it puts it out clearly and people can actually understand it because it's yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we're, well, I'm, we're not, that's the hope. So, yeah, you know, no, I always definitely. worry that we're, that um, I still get, you know, some, com- you know, it's, it is complicated and sometimes we do get bogged down in jargon and things, but so mm. that's why we go over things again and again. Yes. And stuff. But uh, so your project, you came in, it was kind of a tough deal, I got to say. So um, your program wanted you to have in, in four weeks time, which is a short time in the research world. It's mm. like geologic time or, you know, it's just, uh, we, um, have you know a complete project yes and so we, we came up with uh looking for you know some of you out there are well aware that you may have a sibling with fshd and they may be almost asymptomatic or not or maybe they're in a wheelchair and you're not and you're walking around and the question can we even have identical twins we know here's some good friends uh that are affected 20 years apart and so the questions are why mm, right yeah. and so we we have uh, some numbers we've now collected well almost on two thousand samples from around the u.s yeah, and around the world we're gonna really have to cool. do something for our, yeah and uh, <laughs> um but we get some diff- really different clinical presentation of fshd and so we thought maybe we'd go through and you could do some uh, sequencing mm. and see uh if you can find any sort of genetic variable variants in people that are either unusually unaffected yeah. or more severely affected yes. so so how's what, what do you think about all how's this all going that is really interesting um and sort of what i love about genetics that i found like everything it's very black and white like your amount of methylation it's like on paper it's like a finite number and um yeah when i went through like the list to identify the different family members it was actually surprising to see that a lot of there a lot of are like exactly the same but then there are that a few that's completely different really significantly different different. and then you're just like why what's happening there has to be some sort of thing that's changing it so i mean they're normally correlated with severity yeah so it's pretty cool like you can see the number but then also like the phenotype is very prevalent so or like the which is pretty cool. So 
So you had never been in a lab before. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing great. I got to tell you, yeah. hasn't broken anything. Yeah, she's, she's, I'm very proud she's of top it. of the list. Yeah. Um, it's uh, but uh, but you've done a ton. Actually, I, I didn't. You know, I, they keep me in my office, and the people don't like me in the lab too much, <laughs> and uh, I make people nervous. I'm told. But uh, um, boy, Taco was telling me the things you've been doing. You have done so many different things already. No, yeah, I've done a lot because I got uh, because Taco normally when I have a protocol to do something, she gives me like a page, a printed out page in a um, little plastic. You know, oh, right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the she, thingy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't, I can only think Peace of the Afrikaans or something. Well, you yeah. can use Afri- There's some Afrikaans people. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll throw some in. Uh, and then it, it got so much later, I was like, I'm gonna lose some of these pages. So I had to get like a little full a binder, yeah. a binder, yes, to like put in everything. And it's pretty cool to like see everything that I've done. Like, we began like very basic, just you know, purifying my own uh genomic DNA from my saliva. and from there you do everything like you use that to do other things and it gets more complex some pcr and yes, some cloning and yeah, some stuff the cloning right? was really cool you yeah know. so that's uh yeah no it's that's the old way we used to do uh the methylation testing and now we're doing next generation sequencing yes, which yes. you're and so now you're actually we, we created a custom gene panel of candidates that might be modifiers of fshd before you came but we had never ever run it. Yeah. So you were actually the first person to do uh, this in the in the lab. We well, that's why. Really so good. you're actually figuring it all out. Yeah, so, we were talking to go together. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess the verdict's still out. Yeah. Uh, what's what's going on there? But um, yeah, and I didn't I didn't realize it took so many steps to sort of get the DNA, you know, ready for everything. It's a lot of work that goes into such a small amount. I mean, like you spend a a week on different stuff and then you put it in the PCR machine and you have to wait seven hours. And then, you know, it's, it's a lot of time that goes in. So you have to work so meticulously because if you screw up one step, then you have to start from scratch, and then that's a whole week that you've basically lost. Right, so we're only here for four weeks. You can't yeah, so up. not <laughs> really screw up allowed. Well, you yeah. know, so basically what's going on is what we – so we've mentioned on previous podcasts that uh, the way your genome is set up is, you know, you have – depending on who's counting, you might have 60,000 genes. Um, each one, you know, encodes a different uh, protein typically, although not everything encodes a protein, and they're split up into – exons and introns and exons are the regions that encode for amino acids and um that get put together for um by your translation machinery into a protein and between all these exons are introns which are non-coding pieces of dna that need to get removed through splicing and and so there's you know it's kind of very segmented genes that get and so what we've what we do for identifying modifiers Mm -hmm is um, we make oligonucleotide primers, little short sequences of DNA that are specific for every exon. Okay, so for SMCHD1 gene, that's the FSHD2 gene, that has 45 exons. So we need 45 pairs of primers. These are gonna be little pieces of DNA that are synthetically made. And then we use PCR, which is the polymerase chain reaction. And what this is, is it's a, actually it's a Nobel Prize winning, um, <laughs> A technique that allows us actually to do molecular biology in a lot of ways because you can amplify very specifically any piece of DNA that you want, really from any source. This is what they're using in crime scene investigations, using in uh, 
paternity testing actually <laughs> and then we do a little bit of that too um and uh and all sorts of things so anyway you can amplify and you say you can take a very small amount of dna and you make a large enough amount of what you want you kind of essentially it's a way then to purify it away from the rest of the genome and so um what we have is do you know how many is it like 150 180 genes on this panel i, I actually don't know exactly how I many i think it's a bit more even I'm, maybe 200 yeah i think it's closer there i'm not Exactly. Yeah, yeah. To, right. So, so that's hundreds and hundred, maybe six, seven hundred um, primer sets that are all together in a tube. You take the genomic DNA that's isolated from a saliva sample that one of you all sent in, and uh, instead of doing the methylation analysis, what Kari does is she. Well, luckily, you don't have to do seven hundred PCR reactions. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all all of these primers are in the same tube, yes. right? The same mix, and you do. And the amplification yes. of all of these exons at once. Mm, mm. So now you're doing like 700 PCR reactions at once in one PCR. Is, well, R, R is reaction. So PCR reaction is like PCR reaction reaction. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so well, what's the proper way to say? It? You're doing one massive PCR in a very small volume so everything has to be optimized and because it's it's actually quite complex reaction yes yeah yeah and then uh from that what's the deal it gets put you have to make a chip yes we make a chip that was amazing so i've never made a chip so how so that work cool. out no, it's basically i was completely amazed when i saw these machines because she showed me a chip like at the beginning i think in my first week and she was like it's all your like libraries of dna the different dna's it's going to be combined and put on this like chip and it literally it looks like a like a chip you store photos in. yeah like, like a little a, photo chip for yeah, your camera yeah or yeah right, exactly yeah. like that and um so after i did all those processes you basically you have this big machine it's called the the Iron Chef. I thought That's it sounded right. like the Iron Chef. You know, <laughs> the like Iron the chef, cooking right, show. The Iron Chef. Right, yeah. yeah, and uh, then it's sort of like process. You just put it in all your DNA and everything, and um, the machine sort of processes. I think it takes like twelve hours or seven. It, it takes a while, but that machine does everything. It's like a little robot that, you know, does the. So it's, it's, it's like, it's like spotting everything around yes, the chip, right? Yeah, okay, it's, it's like amazing a, yeah. to watch it. I was like, wow, this is so <laughs> sci-fi. Like this robot is doing everything. And so yeah, one thing I forgot to mention. So each each set of PCR, so you can do like for this case, I think we're doing nine or ten yes, people at yes, a time, at right? Batch, so, yeah. yeah. And so so then you would have ten if you're doing ten people, you'd have ten different reactions. And so the primers for the oligonucleotide primers for um, an individual have a barcode on them, yes. just a, which is a sequence of DNA that's maybe, you know, eight or 10 bases of DNA that's unique that we just say this barcode belongs to. So it's very Blade Runner or something like yeah, that. Right? This yeah, barcode yeah, yeah, yeah. belongs to this person. Yeah, it's so and cool, yeah. um, so that we could put everybody all together in one giant tube. Cube, yeah. And then the, the, the robot makes the chip, essentially seeds all of these across the, and it seems yes. to know where it is putting them all. And then when the sequencing gets done, you know that sequence A came from this person yeah. and is this exon and came that was amazing. Yeah. Like when when I got told the process, I couldn't almost believe it. Like how can how can you like put stuff together like fluid that looks exactly the same, but it's like individual. <laughs> this is one, two, three, four, five. It's no, I think what, the, one of the hardest things for people when they join the lab is understanding the scale that. A microliter, which is ten to the minus six, or well, actually not. You know, that's 
you think a milliliters 10 to the minus three, right? 10 microliters, 10 to the minus. So you're really, um, that's a lot, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you're talking about molar, molar quantities, you know, 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd is a mole of something. And so we deal in micromoles, picomoles, 10 to the minus 12 mole, you know, mm. That's still a lot of material. Yeah. And you can't even see it. Sometimes. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to measure 0. 0.2 microliters. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, like the first few, like that first week, it was so strange working with the five pet because you have to work so like meticulously and it's the smallest amount. You literally have to check it in the light because I think the first time <laughs> you I have enzyme or no enzyme. Yeah, right? like I forgot or I, I thought I did because it was so small, but you literally have to check it's there, especially if you're like a, a newbie like me where you know you still have to do the like pet controlling and sort of have to practice those little muscles and stuff. Um but yeah it's just been an amazing experience. I feel like also I was quite like intellectually stimulated as well. Um, just like thinking a bit because it's so close to science and stuff. You have to work out stuff. You have to think about it's problem it. solving. Full problem time. solving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was amazing. It's much different than working in a hospital where you sort of, you have your regime. Oh, someone comes in and you don't yeah. experiment on patients. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like this person, oh, he has pneumonia. You give him this, this and this, or, you know, it's like sort of, you get into a, um, into routine. And like in a lab where you're like doing something completely new, you have to sort of adapt and think, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So it's, oh, it's an interesting cool. thing because even when we do the same techniques again and again, and some I've been doing some of these for 30 plus years, but it's a different person. It's a different sample. Yes. Yeah. And and people are different. You still we still run into new new problems. You know, some of you all have been waiting a long time on reports. And so you say, why, why is it taking them so long? Well, it doesn't always work out the first time. <laughs> sometimes, you know, people are different. There's little sequence variations. There's just sometimes same things we haven't seen before. And we always want to get the answer. So we, so it's just every, every day is kind of new in some ways yeah, and interesting. Yeah. It's really stimulating and it's a person. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was great. You got to meet a family that no, came through. That was through. amazing. It was amazing to like meet the family because yeah, the the um the mom of the child she was also from South Africa. That was pretty cool. I immediately. What are the odds of that? The first time yeah, we have a South African so visit strange. the lab, we have another South African in the yeah, lab. Yeah. Then I heard an accent. I was like, yes, hello, Khanda. <laughs> it was so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we always we actually we had another. You'll get to meet another family coming through. Um, my friend. Uh, is a uh, uh, Zev who's I know listens is going to be coming through with his family Friday. Okay, yeah. So they'll be okay, driving in and great. coming through. You get yeah. to see another, meet another family, which is always, it's always, you know, I always encourage people to visit the lab. It's, uh, um, you know, we're happy to talk about everybody's research. Uh, you can talk with uh, Chris about uh, her CRISPR work, you mm, know, or Nang about her, yeah. her um, epigenetic work. We have, uh, Miriam gave me grief for not giving her a shout out on the last podcast. Uh, <laughs> I told her I did that on purpose because uh, um, she's going to she's gonna host a podcast. She wants Ooh. to host our 50th podcast. Oh, that's cool. That's really and so cool. so I said, okay, we'll give Miriam a special thing. But yeah. she's, she's, you know, taking care of your genomic DNA when it first comes in. You know, um, Brooke is doing a lot of the, uh, uh, that PCR amplification mm. for the testing. You know, Enrique is down with the mice most of the time, but he does a lot of data analysis as well. Yeah, Monique's mainly on the mice. You haven't been on the mouse room yet, have no. you? You've seen the mice that when they're up I've here. Seen, but... Yeah, like I really wanted to go and visit them, but I thought you had to have like a special 
mouse pass or something well, or it's like a very well, well you do and you don't i okay. mean it's a, well i mean they do allow us to bring visitors in there okay, so as long as okay. you, you can't go in, you can't touch the mice you can't work with the mice unless yeah. you have proper training yes. and everything but and we like, are allowed to bring people in and stuff. yeah but you have to get all all gowned up and everything oh, and, oh yeah okay well we're protecting the mice from you not you from the mice Hi, oh, I've heard the mice are very, you know, like they're pampered, uh, very pampered, you know, they have an amazing like a treadmill and everything. Yeah, they're hand fed. They have their fitness membership and everything. Yeah. And they're they're doing okay. Yeah, and yeah. um, well, they you know they're an important piece of the puzzle, and mm. we got the xenograph mice, which are that's pretty the, cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's actually, very sci-fi. When you told me about that, I was like, how. How can you like think of it and do it and actually works? It's amazing. Yeah, growing FSHD muscle from individual. Actually, it's even more so. We do grow muscle from muscle biopsies, but lately we've been doing muscle from fibroblast cells that were isolated from skin punches. So we had a little punch of skin, and then the cells crawl out. And we can, because I think when uh, the last family was here, Ning was showing them her her stem cells that she had made mm, from mm. Uh, somebody's five, you know, a donor's fibroblast yeah. and they, we, we reprogrammed them into stem cells. That's um, so cool. yeah, they're yeah. called induced pluripotent stem cells or yeah. IPSCs. And then we drive those into a myogenic lineage. So they go from skin, really fibroblast to muscle. This way we don't need to take the muscle biopsy. Mm. And then those, um, become immortalized and yeah. we, we put those into mice and Takako makes, uh, a humanized mice and it's so, so it's amazing your topic i showed me under the microscope some of the cells it's amazing to see like how they it's it's so strange it's <laughs> i don't know how to describe it but it's just like science is amazing to me you can think of something and then you can actually you know if you follow the right steps and are logical about it well impatient you have to be yeah people so i think where people make we always say in the lab, we have a saying in the lab that everybody has the same ideas mm. to a degree. That's kind of because, you know, the data is out there and people think, oh, I'll do this. I'll do that. And people have told us, oh, I, I thought about uh, we've had people actually tell us that they thought of CRISPR innovation before us. They said, oh, you should just shut off the Ducks 4 gene. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have like the instinct, so, but like, yeah, like all the little steps leading up Right, to they did a pharaoh, you know, so it is yeah. done, so it is done, yeah, you know, this yeah. type of thing. It's like, well, you know, it's. Yeah, a lot of people thought it's great, but you know, Carice is the one who got it done. Oh, yeah, that's you know, cool. and so and she's happy to tell you how she did it, and actually, it keeps getting more, it keeps getting better and better. Actually, we can't tell you about all that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is, um, things we're very excited about how things are moving with our CRISPR inhibition. But, but the key is, it it's getting it done. Following, having people talented enough and mm -hmm. dedicated enough mm -hmm. to follow through and get because there's a lot of places where you could say, oh. This sucks or yeah. you know, frustrating and just yes. get and say, oh, give me something new to do. Or just, I think a lot of times people just don't follow through and, and you just, you're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to make mistakes. It's not going to work how you thought. Mm. And you just got to, you know, the, the big picture, mm. you believe in the big picture, you push on through. Yeah. And, uh, but you got to have to be the right kind of personality. Yeah, exactly. No, it's definitely, there's definitely like a, a lab mindset I found, like sort of if, you follow your protocol, but if something goes wrong, if the results isn't wrong, you should not like sort of accept it. Ah, oh, it's fine. I'll just do another one. You said, okay, the, what what went wrong in the first one? Where did we go sideways? Yes. Right? Where, yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like go back and fix it. And I think that's like a that's sort of a mindset I would love to incorporate, just like in daily life or in um, medicine one day, because it's 
it's actually a, it's a really crucial step and you don't always, you skip sometimes sort of it because you just want to, you know, you have the bigger picture, you just want to get it right. Get but, the day over with, get yes, it done. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Well, and then, then the, the best part to me is always when there isn't a pro, you know, you're just, well, kind of like what you're doing with the next gen. You're the, mm. you're the first person running through this. So yeah. you're running into problems that we've never, we, yeah. we didn't even envision because yes. we haven't done it before. Yeah. And uh, so that's some problem solving and uh, protocol creation mm. and everything, even on the software, is turning yeah. out to be a challenge. The case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get it all sorted no, out. No, definitely. Yeah. We're gonna just have to keep you for a couple more weeks. Ah, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I would love that. I wish, I wish, I really, I could stay longer because, like you said, it's you need to spend time on something like this. It's it's not gonna happen like overnight, and you have to sort of. Um, you know, when you have a problem, you sort of figure it out and that sometimes puts you back a few days and stuff. Well, yeah. You know, we noticed that, you know, just different labs are run different way. And this isn't supposed to be like an ad for my lab, but <laughs> just, well, we know our lab best. Yeah. And we do what we think is best. And, you know, there are some groups where, I mean, where essentially you're just a cog in the machine. In fact, the postdoc that I came from, Alan Wolf's lab, he was a very famous chromatin biologist, but he just kind of had... You had the nucleosome assembly station. You had the translational mapping station. These are all terms for chromatin. You had somebody, you had basically had every, you know, each, you had experts in all these different things. And so projects were made done by just everybody did their little piece. But they, and uh, when I got there, mm -hmm. it was, um, people were like, wow, how do you, they're surprised. I, I knew a lot of different things and different techniques. And mm -hmm. I actually did almost, almost everything on my papers. But that's because I came from a lab where you owned your project and you figured stuff out. And I, I did mm. in vivo footprinting, which was a new technique at the time, one of the first people in the world to, to do that. We developed the technology, but my boss was like, one, don't be afraid of technology. And two, um, you know, it's your project, get it done. You know, yeah, someone else yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. you know, you take charge of it. So this has been your project and you're driving it forward. You know, yeah, of course, Takiko's helping you, you're getting yes, some help, yes. but, um, but you know, it's, it's, you're responsible for it. So your project, you're going to take charge of this and uh, finish it up. Probably have to finish it up when you get back to yes. get back home. But, yeah. uh, At least like just get all the data and everything and then. So what do you expect to find? I'll put you on the spot. Hopefully to find some like interesting things that match up with your panel and hopefully like some similarities in, in the differences. Like if there's like family A and family B, if there's a difference the gene modifier, it's like the same. It's not like a, well, not the same, but there's well, like some repeating. Right. So, so the question would be, do you always find mutations in the same gene that seem mm. to be related or the same class of gene, uh, but maybe they're all different. Maybe they're all different. Oh, that's actually, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we have no idea. We've actually not, you know, there's, we know that the SMCHD1 gene Yes, that's is, like the big, it's the big, big one, one that, I, that I know of. Yeah. 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 That's the one most people probably. And people say, ah, that's what you're going to find. But, you know, you never know. One one difference is we have families from all over the world. Mm. And that's the thing. no one studied these families. Yes. And, like, because you have, like, the domestic um, domestic families that are, like, in the U.S. and then the international. And, yeah, like, the internet, there was a few international families where there was a big difference. There was some Russian families. Russian families, yeah. That There was a, a like, quite a difference in the methylation in the Russian family. So there's definitely a few there. So it would be interesting to see if, like, the families of the where they come from, they have sort of like the same type of. So, yeah, I think that what or... people people may not realize is a lot of what we know about genetics of FSHD comes from the Netherlands. Yes. So Leiden University of Sylvain Vandermeer's lab, but it really started with uh, Rune France, 
and the George Padberg um, really got FSHD research going back in the 80s. And then the genetics for FSHD came through with, uh, um, you know, coming out of Leiden University Medical Center. Um, and uh, well, actually, I'll, I always say it wrong. Rather, rather, we're just going to say that the outstanding FSHD research groups and medical centers in, in the Netherlands, but they're studying predominantly the Dutch population. Yes, yes. And a lot of them European, a lot of the French um, population has gone up there, a lot of samples, but it's really European heavy. Yes, yeah. And uh, then they were doing diagnostics for a long time. That was the only place you could get diagnostics was in Leiden mm. and it was the Southern Blot. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's kind of gone. You, I think you probably you had your test in in England. England, yeah. It was a yeah. It was a blood test we sent over there the UK. The UK. Yeah, yeah. So you're starting to get some South African, but uh, kind of South African kind of came down from from the, Europe. From yeah, the Dutch, right? I think yeah. I think I have a lot of I think from my mom's side, like she's Deans. I don't know what that's in English, but it's like a uh, I can't remember now. It's what you call it in English, but that's also somewhere in Europe. And I'm not sure if my neurologist told me it's like sort of from there that says quite a big population. Right. So these are the top populations that are predominantly studied. But, you know, one thing we're doing now is because of the saliva testing, Mm. we're able to study populations all around the world, everywhere in the world. And so, you know, who, you know, we, you know, sure. SMCHD1 is the main modifier that people know about. But, you know, no one's looked at these uh, Asian and Russian, you know, it's some of these other populations. It's going to be interesting to see, yeah. is there going to be something else that pops up or is it just going to it's be like the, the, same. <laughs> the same one? Um, but there could be different mutations of SMCH1. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be quite interesting to see if like your, where you come from, like plays a role in your genetics. So, so then there's the other aspect of it, which is, so this is why I basically was like, you know, it's a, it's a no lose project mm. because so... We're going to look at SMCHD1 and um, all the other. So this is, again, just so we're clear. So SMCHD1 is the gene that is mutated in FSHD2. And this is a gene that regulates, uh, is involved in the regulation of DNA methylation and the epigenetic state of the FSHD region. And so we talk about the difference between FSHD1 and FSHD2 is in FSHD1, the signal that says shut off the Dux4 mm-hmm. gene is broken. And in FSHD2, the mechanism to shut it off is broken. And that mechanism is dependent on this protein called SMCHD1, um, structural maintenance of chromosome um, uh, something, uh, hinge domain one, very clever, <laughs> like a very descriptive name, yeah. but SMCHD1. And so if you mutate that, you, the off mechanism is broken. And we know that FSHD, all forms of FSHD are a dominant gain of function. So if you, if you can't turn off Dux4, you have the capacity to turn it on. And so the, the idea is that in FSHD1 cases that have um, great disparate differences in severity, if you had FSHD1 plus 2, essentially, mm-hmm. which very rarely gets tested for, but I have a podcast on that and a little something on the my FSHD yes, website yes. on FSHD 1 plus 2, you could actually have both things broken. The signal could be broken, which is the first thing people look for, um, but then people do not look for is is this the signal and the off switch that's broken. Mm. You say, well, in a certain level, it may not matter, except it does tend to make you more severe. Yeah. Um, and then, two for inheritance, it matters because one is on chromosome 18, the other is on chromosome 4. And so 
this is another way that inheritance of FSHD through a family can be very different from generation to generation. Mm. But the interesting thing could be what if in these families with great variation, there are no mutations and modifiers. Yeah. That means what's going on. Yeah. A new type of modifier. Yes. Yeah. Which makes it, again, that's why you got to come back. You're just yeah, gonna... Exactly. No, I'm going to have to. Yeah. Because, because it's funny because people might say, well, we all know what you're going to find. You're just going to find mutations in SMCHD1 and all these people are going to be FSHD1 plus 2. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. not. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm predicting. In fact, I kind of, I looked at the ones you, you chose. Yes. You know, just kind of looked at the methylation that yeah, you chose. Yeah. And we can kind of get a feeling sometimes when they're FSHD one plus two because oh, we, okay. we do well we do an FSHD two test. Yes, yes. But there are definitely some in there that we think are FSHD one only. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, with no F so but you have great variability and severity. Mm. So what are they? Yeah, what's going on? That's... So I think that's why I think you're gonna find something new. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to actually see what's going on there because um, it was weird to see like the big the variety between the methylations. It's almost like how can this be such a big difference? Yeah, yeah, because most of them it's almost exactly the same number between like family members. It's exactly the same number. Then you really get close, yeah. Very sometimes close. they're spot on, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some that are spot on, but then you get some that are like there's a difference of like twenty which is very big or 30 sometimes. Yeah. Well, I know that even we, we had several sets of identical twins with FSHD um, and with great difference in the age of onset and differences mm. in methylation. Yeah. Well, that would and, actually be like the perfect people to do the study on because like, you, well, those would be the one. Well, you're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're really not likely to find a de novo mutation in SMCHD1 that's in one and not in yes. the other because... I mean, it would have had to happen at, after the split yeah, of the embryos. Yeah. And uh, so that's more likely to suggest that they have some other type of modifier, modifier that could be yeah, in there that's yeah. affecting this. Now, um, you know, I was just, uh, you know, this, this is always a source of discussion in the community yes. among researchers. Why is there so much great variability? And, you know, another way to look at it is, during development when you're an embryo and you're starting to get your methylation patterns are put on um it's almost like a coin flip at each stage you know and some way you know you the methylation gets erased mm -hmm. from the previous from the your, your parents and then it gets reestablished during development and then it's very stable so is it just a whole bunch of coin flips and somebody gets a whole bunch of heads and their and their sibling gets a whole bunch of tails and that's mm. the difference and it's just randomness and but the other way to look at it is maybe you have a weighted coin that's just going to come up heads more often than not, yeah. and that weight is the modifier. Yes. Another way to think of it, you're just you're just tilting the teeter totter a yeah, little bit towards one versus the other. That's actually very good metaphor. Yeah. Right. So what's tilting it? And because it, it could just be random. But yeah. But again, you, yeah, you can flip a coin and get you know, uh, forty out of fifty heads. Yes. Yeah. But I wouldn't bet on it, yeah. you know, but it can happen. Yes. So, but so we're doing enough numbers to look at it to see what's going on. So, yeah. so anyway, the, we'll have to we'll have to follow up on. Well, we're going to publish the results when we get them. But um, that for you all listening, the answer is not known yet. Yes, right? Yeah, but yeah, I was actually wondering. So the modifiers they can sort of be quote unquote positive or negative. They can cause more right. methylation or protective or, 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 or like yeah. Yeah, yeah. So would if if 
like we identify modifiers that you know cause more methylation with that sort of be maybe a treatment or is that a bit like so that's an interesting tricky. thing because this so so if you go to the original mommy screen <laughs> okay this is a screen done um by marnie bluert and emma whitelaw down in uh, in australia yes and they did a screen on for modifiers of repeat uh induced silencing um in mice it's a really incredible screen and this is where they found the mommy genes which is like modifiers of methylation and metastatic epigenetic. I can't remember what mommy stands for, but <laughs> basically these are the genes that when mutated, um, they can either cause more silencing of a repeat in the mammalian genome or less silencing of a repeat in the genome. So if, you, if a mutation leads to less silencing, then that's like SMCHG1, that's mm. uh, something that's required for silencing yes. if a mutation leads to more silencing. So there are known in the mammalian genome which would be in the human genome and this the fshd region is a repeat this is like the ideal screen yes. for fshd and they didn't even know about fshd oh, when they wow. did this they were just studying repeat induced silence yes and and epigenetics and now they actually are um i think marty blew it it would be considered the world's expert on smchd1 the gene and its role in development and it's oh, very wow. important for a lot of things yeah and she does a lot of work with uh, the vandermeral lab up in leiden on SMCHD1's role in, in FSHD and FSHD2. But one of the interesting things is most of the mutations in SMCHD1 um, relieve silencing and you become active because it's a repressor. Mm -hmm. But they did find one mutation that uh, was a hypermorph. And what we mean by hypermorph is it made SMCHD1 more active. Oh, wow. And so exactly what you just said therapeutically yes. is that you can have a hypermorphic mutation that makes a silencer a better silencer. Oh, wow. And so if you can do that, you can think about therapeutic, like yes. CRISP CRISPR, yes. gene editing, these types of things, or maybe, I mean, there's just... Or just as conceptually, it can happen. So maybe exon skipping, you know, maybe this is something to try to look into. Can you make yeah. a better silencer of the silencer that you have um, and then turn down that uh, dimmer switch to, yes. to shut off the Dux4 gene? Yeah. So, you know, let's find some more uh, hypermorphs. That's cool, so it doesn't yeah. have to, a mutation doesn't always inactivate a gene. It can actually make a gene more active. Yes. Yeah. And if the activity can be good or bad, and, you know, but yeah, but, yeah mutations alter. You know, not, you know, the silent mutations as well that don't do anything, but the mutations that alter gene function can make them more, more you know, more active, less active, mm -hmm. dominant negatives so that they're so inactive that they inactivate the good copy. Oh, yeah. That's the yeah, dominant yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so so anyway, there's a genetic, again, it gets back to genetics are complicated. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. But these are all things. avenues for therapy, yeah. just oh, like wow. you said. Yeah, yeah, it's very, well, that's very exciting. There's so many like, you know, I feel if you just think logically about it, you just try to find sort of the pathway between all the things floating around, like there is well, an answer. It's just like, how are you going to? Well, so it's funny. People will sometimes characterize in science as fishing expeditions, and they'll yeah. say that like it's a bad thing in grant review. Ah, oh, it's just a fishing expedition. And it's like, well, you know, you can go fishing on my patio, and that's a really dumb fishing expedition. <laughs> yeah. you don't have The key is to go fishing where there's fish. Yes. And yes. so that's the, what makes a fishing expedition worthwhile is to say we have a pool of samples that are particularly interesting where we think there's some important information that we can get out of these samples. This is why having 
large families participate, even unaffected family members participate because mm. we can track these modifiers through families, even if you're unaffected. Um, and then now you're fishing for something in uh, some place that's got a lot of fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's not a bad thing to do, right? That's yes. worthwhile. No, exactly. Oh, wow. So that's, yeah. So, you know. That's exciting as well. Yeah, you're not going to want to leave, I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, I think, I think she, but Nevada itself is actually no, a pretty good place. it's amazing. Right? I've really been like, the state, I'm, I'm so lucky that I just, you know, landed here because I've been so surprised by Reno and how amazing it is. I mean, there's a lot of things to do. Um, the town itself is beautiful. There's a lot of artwork in the town, nice restaurants, uh, the, a, a big, like, there's a lot of different foods as well. It's very diverse and just like surprising, right? Yeah, for a town this yeah. Size, yeah. You think it's just going to be casino buffets and <laughs> you know, but um, and also the nature around it is beautiful. I mean, we went to Lake Tahoe a few times, which was wow. That was, yeah, we all went uh, kayak. That we was got amazing. These clear, clear kayaks, clear kayaking, yes, crystal clear kayaks, no, and go amazing. up there in the crystal clear water and out no, there. No, the best was. People are kayaking, but they don't look like where they're going. They just look down, like, at the kayak <laughs> to see, like, the fishies and stuff. Yeah, it ended up in a few, like, bumper Yeah, kayaks, a, few, a, couple, a couple of uh, T-bones or yes, whatever. It's, uh, yeah, but that no, was No, I think those lab went out uh, kayaking up on Tahoe, and uh, you got in the water, too. Yeah, no, I had to. I had to. And, like, I have to say, like, the water, some people say it's quite cold. I know, like, some the... Some people from the lab or Ben is from Florida and he's like, yeah, no, compared this to is, Tampa, it's kind of cold. This is so cold, but <laughs> I'm from Betty's Bay and like, oh, water, even the summer, it's not that hot. Like it's, that water was amazing. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's a, uh, um, no, we had a good time. The lab, mm. We like to have the lab do some, uh, it's not really team bonding because that's the, I don't like that sort of act. I just like yeah, them hanging out. People, yeah, people like to hang yeah. out. It's just like people hanging out. That's much better. Yeah, it's not just like doing, a force. Right, exactly. We're yeah, going to force you guys to get along and work together. Building, so, yeah, type of thing. yeah, I think we're just fortunate that we have people that naturally get along and work together. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a really good yeah, group Oh, no, of it's an amazing group of people. It's They work so efficiently in the lab, but they also like really get along. And it's amazing, really nice people as well. Oh, so good who, quality who, people. Who yeah. are you partnered with in the kayak? I can't remember. Oh, with name? Ning. Yeah, oh, with Ning. Ning. Okay. yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, she, we, uh, she got like the best photos as well because we took our phones with, but I was yeah. so scared I was going to drop in the water. She was so. good. I, I took a whole bunch of random photos. <laughs> I got 150 so all, random photos. All my Ning, yeah. photos and everything, it's like skewed because it was so bright. I was just like, photo, put it back. But Ning took amazing photos. Now we'll post a few up on the lab website. But no, it was great. It was great to go out and get everybody outside. You know, one, we worked really hard. And I got to say, I, I've always been really proud of the people working really hard for everybody. And that's another reason we love having people come in and visit is they, you know, just keeps everybody's, you know, the mind on, you know, the goal is a big picture goal of uh, a lot of people are counting on, you know, the researchers to, to cure this disease mm -hmm. or at least have some therapeutic impact and or diagnose or whatever. There's a lot of people counting on everybody, but you know, they, it's good to get out and yeah. burn, blow you know, and, and yeah. get outside and, you know, with the, the Sierra Nevadas, like Tahoe, Pyramid Lake up north. Um, you didn't get a chance to go down to Yosemite, but um, oh, yeah. just some of the most beautiful parts yeah, of the whole U.S. Beautiful. are right here, really close by. 
Yeah, and it's never like every day I've been here, it's been a picture perfect day. Like every time I video call someone back <laughs> home, they're like, it's so bright. Where are you? It's so beautiful. And they're just surprised by how green it is here as well. Well, isn't that, you said they thought you were your friends thought you were camping. Yeah, you were, you were a, like on our back patio. Yeah, I took a picture of uh, Peter's garden and then I sent it to some of my friends and they're like, are you camping? That's so nice. I'm like, no, this is the garden and I wouldn't be camping because of the bears. So. That's right. We haven't seen a bear yet. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I'll keep it that way. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a, well, you got. Well, you, you were attacked by a tree frog this, this morning. This morning, yeah. I got the biggest fright. I was sitting outside and I just felt something on my knee, like something very cold. I thought it was like a animal, like a baby bear licking my knee. <laughs> but then I looked down and it was like the smallest little tree frog. It was so cute. Yeah, he had, uh, so, good luck. Cr- good luck, Tom. Yep, we've been blessed. We're going to hit Virginia City later yeah. today and go see some of the, uh, you know, we always like to tour around. One of the things that anyone, no matter where you live, chances are you don't see, you need people to visit in order to uh, get out and see yes, things sometimes. Exactly. You kind of forget yeah. what a nice place you live in, wherever it tends to be. But we, we love it here. And so we're going to see a little bit of Virginia City, um, which kind of, kind of, it's a funky place. Get some uh, souvenirs and stuff. But, mm. you know, meanwhile, because you're going to have a busy day, well, you got to run by the light, don't I thought Taka was saying you got to go by lab today for. I think we want to sort out the computer. Yeah, maybe. so we'll swing by the. Luckily, yeah. everything's close. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we had a little yeah. software glitch on the analysis of the first yeah. uh, run of uh, of her project. Yeah, so. that's the thing. Yeah, we're like amazing technology, the smartest computers, but then you know it's always going to be like a little IT problem. Yeah, well, we might have to fix this first because because has been in a bad mood for uh, <laughs> since yeah, last night. But it was just literally one button. <laughs> Check I know, but it's just, we're just, perf- not just perfectionists, but, um, yeah, you know, like you said, you put a whole, you put, you know, yeah, it's been like, how many, week like, and a half or something yeah, into this. Yeah, that I put into it and got With this amazing step, data. And sequencing just, worked great. You just got to oh, run yeah, the bioinformatics. It was beautiful and, to see the chip and all the graphs and all the usable DNA. Everything's and, good. So we know it's all good data. And we can't access it. Yeah, it's, some, yeah, it's yeah. always something. But well, that's like modern technology. <laughs> There's always like, you have like the smartest things, but. So yeah. we're going to unplug it and reinstall yeah. it again. <laughs> reboot, restart. We're just going to reboot the computer and yeah. see if it all starts working. That's yeah. normally, uh, and that actually works more often than not. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll give that a shot. Yeah, we'll swing my lab and do a little bit, um, do some lab work and stuff. So, no, so, um, well, I got to ask you, okay, so. Having been so, so Kari is staying at an Airbnb up mm. in uh, Midtown Reno, which is a funky place. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's amazing. The house is like a 197, like old butler house that they restored. So everything is like old wooden house. Um, and it's one of those old houses where it's actually like cool in the summertime. They built it like really nicely. So, yeah. So, so okay. So, so what's your impression of the US? You came. This is your first time in the U.S., yes, right? Anywhere in the, the U.S., US right? Yeah. Uh, well, I can say definitely everything's bigger here. Like food portions, the cars are bigger. I mean, like yesterday we were in Costco and we saw Doritos. Right. <laughs> it was as big as my torso, the bag almost. Like, you got a picture of her with a bag of Doritos. Well, yeah. giant, that could be a pillow for somebody. Yeah, so. no, it's like, and also... Um, we we got to give her the... the Full American yes. experience. So Costco rotisserie chicken. Yes. We know we know how to treat our people yeah, to, to dinner. No, that was amazing. Costco rotisserie chicken. No, I was really impressed by Costco. We have like sort of a similar shop. I mean, South Africans may be listening. Uh, we have a game or a market, but that's very much 
just not a lot of food stuff. I mean, you maybe have this old bag of apples laying there, but Costco was amazing. I mean, like you have fresh fish, you have. That's right. We got some Dungeness crab, right? Yeah, for last night. That was your was first amazing. time with having crab, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I never thought I would like enjoy the seafood as much here in Reno. Like, it's some of the best fish <laughs> I've ever seen and ate. And I mean, I live like by the ocean. You're on the so... ocean, we're in the high mountain desert. Yeah, and you get, get like all the, best, the best seafood here. And yeah, definitely everything's big in America. It's the country of convenience. Everything just happens so fast. It's a, and a, it's a very like a do it yourself type of attitude, which is actually great. I mean, people, they just do their thing and get, get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, and in this definitely in the West, we have kind of a leave us alone sort of. Yeah. I'm very friendly though. Yeah, no, I must say, like compared to because I I spent some time like a day in New York and stuff. Like, That's right. People, we had a long layover yeah, in, in JFK. Hour, yeah. yeah, but um, the people in Nevada are amazing. They're very nice, very helpful. Not like you know, you, there's a lot of stereotypes about Americans and stuff, and like the people here, they def definitely don't fit it. They're very nice. <laughs> Very down to earth, always friendly, and uh, you know, help you in your business. Part loss. of it's the good weather when they have yeah, great weather actually, all the time. Actually, it's, you're that, in a good mood. And... That's the thing because um, you know you get like seasonal depression when there's not a lot of sunlight. Oh right, we got yeah. plenty of sunlight. Yes, <laughs> so like sunlight is directly correlated. I think it like helps release a happy hormone. Yeah, so yeah, you actually get seasonal okay, depression. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah, we had the kind of the. The winter gray would set in yes. when I grew up in Ohio, and it yes. just kind of seemed like gray every day, and that is kind of hard to get real happy about. Yeah, like, no, that's actually there. like a like a chemical thing that happens in your body, which is pretty cool, and it oh, makes yeah. sense because every day has been like literally picture perfect, sunny day, blue sky. We did get some rain, which yeah, I think which is unusual, I think, actually. I think <laughs> I brought from Cape Town because it's just been raining. Our, our hospital Tiger Bird got a bit flooded as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I Go just saw home. a video of some, um some on my Instagram of. Um, some of my classmates, obviously the medical student, when something happens, you're the one like scooping out the water. They were literally like scooping <laughs> right, the out actual, the, water. The, the yeah. licensed doctors don't do that. Yeah, right? like it's, it's always so. us doing like the, you know, odd jobs and stuff. You'll be at but... the top soon. You got Yeah, the... yeah. Well, no, I'm really, you know, I'm glad you like it here. We never know because people's view of the U.S. is from movies, right? Exactly. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Or the news, which is you know, very highly variable around the country. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, different places, you know, and uh, yeah, you don't hear a lot out of here. We, we, well, I know I, I told my neighbor, you know, people initially when we, we said we were moving here from Boston, they just said we're a bunch of idiots. You know, why would you move the middle of no, you know, and then they come visit us. Next thing you know, they're saying, can you get me a job yeah. at the medical school? No, it's amazing. Yeah. And I've really been like more than pleasantly surprised by Reno and Nevada itself. It's oh, an amazing country. Gotta bring the family back, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, yeah. Take them to Lake Tahoe, definitely. Um, maybe they'll see a launch here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, or Starling. Oh, that's right. We saw Starling. Yeah, that was back. pretty cool. Like, the, I think that was the first weekend I was here. And then we sat outside. We first saw like a um, Starling, which was pretty so, cool. So it was actually kind of interesting. When, when T was here from Vietnam, when we went down to Orlando for the FSHD Patient yeah. Connect, um, we saw there was a Starlink launch at NASA. And so T and her dad and I went over and we actually watched uh, Star. And you can see which, which number you, you saw. And it was like number 56 or something. So cool. And so when you get the Starlink app, 
and you can see these satellites. And what they are, they're like 40 satellites that in a line going across the night sky. Mm. It really looks bizarre. It was so strange. But I it was the, the exact one we coming. saw. Yeah, yeah. I know, exactly. I'm just like, like running inside. It's just, it's just. just for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you've never seen anything like it, Yeah, right? it was so strange. But it was actually the Starlinks that were from the launch that we saw. Yes, we actually, there's really a link cool. where you can actually track the Starlink satellites. And they dim them a lot, not to affect people looking at stars. That was a really bright one. That was amazing. And it's just, you had like four minutes to see it. Yes. And we were just out on the patio. It's, yeah. And it's like, Taka was like, hey, there's Starlink. Yeah. But she's very good at spotting like little things like that. She's the most observant person yes. I know. Great person I have in the lab, yes. actually, running in your lab because she doesn't miss anything. No, exactly. And we also saw like a meteor shower that night. And it was well. also meteor showers. Yeah, I saw two, like... two of the longest shooting stars I've ever seen in my life. That was amazing. That was a bit scary. It really because like it kept going yeah it just it kept was going huge yeah. i've never seen it right i'd forgotten that was right in the mid-august uh meteor showers which i should yeah, know what Mercedes, they're called but yeah something. something i think so i'm not sure yeah i used to watch those with my dad when uh because we were always out in utah camping at this time because it's uh was uh we always did august camping trips out west as a kid no that was really cool so so you're going to be heading back uh to south africa yes. so so what what are you taking with you back? What what you know, intellectually are you taking with you back to South Africa about FSHD or your research or whatever? Yeah, definitely. Just like I think I can now I have a better understanding of it because I know like the roots of it. So I think I'll be able to you know explain it better to people around me and even to patients, and just sort of like where everything's at at the moment. And um, yeah. So you can, you can so we can. I mean, you know, we're going to stay in touch. Yeah, You're never no, get rid for of sure. us. Uh, no, no, you know. for sure. No, so we'll always have a contact in South Africa yes. that can, uh, and you'll be an, an you'll, you'll have an MD yes. a year from now, right? Yes, next year I graduate. Yeah. yeah. So no, hopefully it's I'll, I can be sort of you know quote unquote ambassador, a conduit to the yeah, 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 because knowledge is power, and it would just be amazing to make it a bit more accessible knowledge and just like at the more like understandable level because that's quite a big thing we do as like future medical doctors you want to you understand like the complexity of something but you want to sort of be able to explain it to other people so that they understand as well so be sort of like an ambassador of whatever you're talking about so that would be oh, great cool. yeah. so what, but your specialty was it going to be pediatrics or at the was... moment when i finish now i'm basically just like a like a family doctor a gp okay. and then i if I want to further specialize, I have to study further. So, but that's actually good because that's often the first person people see, right? Yes, is their the GP, GP yeah. and it's like something's wrong with my kid or something's yes, wrong with me. That's not and, me and at least now, now you got a broader idea of yeah, what might actually be going yeah, on. We know, yeah. we know this, you know, there's a number of people in South Africa with FSHD. Actually, actually, I saw there's a lot. I mean, there's one very big family. Yeah, like a lot of people. Well, we know there's kind of a founder effect um, coming down from the Netherlands that I've I talked with uh, the the Leiden group about, but there's also spontaneous cases mm, where they're the first people in their family. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's, there's spontaneous FSHD everywhere. Yes. So yeah. no, it's real important. And, and we do find that a number of people though, that we get from South Africa and around the world that are muscular dystrophy come back as not FSHD. Mm, yeah. So, you know, so there's also some confusion. Well, it's hard to diagnose, but it's, it's, it's difficult, but yeah. it's important for people to know that, um, well, there's different types of muscular dystrophy yes. and then maybe there's some different uh, things uh, yeah. need to be done, whether it's lifestyle or things to be aware of. And also for inheritance. Cause yes. yeah. So that's also very important. All right. Well, you know, 
I had to have to interrupt, you know, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> breaking very important. Arsenal came from behind and uh, late Gabriel winner against Fulham. So maintain their perfect record. And we're just going to cancel the rest of the Premier League season and declare Arsenal the winners. <laughs> They're undefeated. Another, another invincible season. And that's it. We're done. Um, <laughs> so we're going. Actually, Gary's a big F1 fan. I'm yeah. Out. No, actually, I think it has to do because Netflix, I think a few years back, they um, made a, like a show, like sort of a documentary show with different episodes about F1 and everything. And you really got a better sort of picture of the people behind the steering wheel and like their stories and everything. And it's really interesting, actually. I mean, I, I'm not that much of a sport-watching person. And, I mean, like, I've been watching all the F1. So, I would think rugby would be your thing. Or South Africa, know. we always view I, it as I, rugby. And, yeah, uh, like, I, I watch some cricket. of the big games and stuff and some of the Sormers playing stuff. But I'm not that not that big of a, not yeah. that big of a you know, I'm not going to paint my face green. And go, <laughs> that's not, that's not yeah, my personality, no. but... Yeah, it's actually very interesting. And well, like, too bad we couldn't get you into a NASCAR race. That here. would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's they they do come kind of close here. Over in California and Sonoma, they have a uh, one of the they have a NASCAR yeah. race. And I have a friend that does fly around. Um, he's a little more well off, I guess, than we have. But one of my <laughs> friends flies around to watch F one. Oh, actually, he goes. Oh, wow. They went to Miami to see the grand the F one race down yes. there, but often goes to one in Europe too. Oh, yeah, just, it's just, it's just a great experience. To yeah, see I think because they race in beautiful. Um, countries as well and cities yeah, like, it's I always know really beautiful. monaco is the place to be yeah well yeah. it's a um well you know a lot of reasons to come back there's always yeah. gonna be more things going on yes. um, we're always welcome to have you back oh, you know, thank you so much we always ask you though so um what, what about your musical taste though i don't know what do you yeah. have you gotten into american music or do you have south african Actually, music what do you yeah, like yeah like i have a big a wide um my music taste is very diverse i like from country to like pop to indie rock, like everything. But um, yeah, there's some Afrikaans songs that are pretty cool. You obviously get your like Afrikaans pop that's sort of a bit of a meme, but you get your like better artists that are actually very like artistic, like mm -hmm. Spookwolf. Um, um, yo, what's I couldn't remember. Now. I've been to English Spookwolf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me get my Afrikaans playlist. Um, F of Polisikar, um, Devil's Fantasties. Um, yeah, but I, I have to say, Spookwolf is pretty much, I think, my favorite band. I, I wouldn't be able to say that to save my life. What, what oh, was it? Spookwolf. 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 It literally it translates to Spitwolf. Spitwolf. Yeah. I can go with Spitwolf. Spitwolf. Yeah. <laughs> Spook, Spookwolf. I, I, I would, I'm, it's a good thing I was born in the U.S. because yeah. I, might, I just have like a language problem. I just, I don't know if I can physically say some of these things. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to pull one up and let's see what, uh, let's see what y'all think about this. <laughs> Daar is een bottel in my hand en een bier in my hart. Ja, die middag het my zwaar gemaakt. Kan ek jou kom sien? Ek dink ek leid my leven lang aan zwarte kracht. Ja, 
Daar is een dier, en je kijkt wat de schade mee kan je in die rijten van mijn schedel stil. Zo blijkt jouw lucht mij brein met jouw lijfige stijn, maar te merken in mijn keel. Kan ik jou kom zien? So that was um, different from our normal, yeah. not quite my 80s pop or whatever, yeah. but uh, tell me a little bit about that. What was... Oh yeah, it's the um, it's from Spoogvolk, it's called Lenny, uh, um, Lurie, sorry, it's called Lurie, it's a, Lurie, yeah, okay. Lurie, it's actually a bird, Lurie. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song, I think the sound, like Spoogvolk's sound is very, it's very, um unique and um, i actually love listening to afrikaans songs because it's a much uh, like a harder sounding language than english so i feel it's a bit more like powerful like you can convey much more emotion sort of and i mean they've got a good beat and i love listening right. to them well, yeah they're um check them all check them out yeah uh, you so... might not understand but they're good like well that's you know. okay you know it's uh you know, music kind of transcends sort of the literal understanding yes. of the words, you know, yes. the feeling. you can it's feel a... it. And like, it's very, you can feel the emotion of a song. I mean, I sometimes love listening to French music, which is... No, yeah, it's actually, and I think a lot of people listen around the world listen to American music. And again, whether you know the words or not, even if you know the words, you might not know what they're actually yeah, saying. But yeah. a proper, I mean, the music is kind of its language of its own and conveys. Yes. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I guess I bring this on, these things on. I like to, you know... It reminds you, I think it triggers things in your head too, um, about um, whether it's memories or feelings, but uh, 
you know, it's there's things we listen to around the lab. Just just kind of gets you. Yeah, even if you're yeah. not listening to the words, it's just kind of the beats are going, you, and you just kind of get you pumped up and moving and, yeah, and focused. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, so that's really fantastic. We'll have to put some of that up on the lab. You know, Monique is our resident music expert. Oh her yes, dad was a yeah, DJ. she yeah. is. Yeah. She's got everything. <laughs> and if we can find something she doesn't know. That's we've done something. So. Um, all right. Well, that's fantastic. We're going to uh, head on out, um, celebrate Arsenal's win by going to Virginia City, which <laughs> is um, actually I think that's where they filmed Bonanza. If you're old oh, fans. Of, yeah, it's a, that's cool. That was the idea of the old. The old show. Have you heard that show? Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Old Western show. That's and, uh, so cool. But it's a pretty cool place to go up and uh, they have fantastic graveyards up there. Some cool fossil shops. But I know uh, Carissa's favorite thing is to check out the old graveyard. She's a graveyard <laughs> person, so I'll tell you a little something about it. It's fun to watch. Look, and so anyway, we're going to check that out. Some great to do a little bit of sightseeing because next weekend you're heading home. Yes. We'll swing from... my lab first, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll swing my lab and we're going to get us the, uh, we'll get the software glitch sorted out and uh, get Takako in a better room. She'll be, she'll be happy. Well, you know, we just take it all very seriously. I know it's just like, oh, when everything's just like, Oh, the last stuff's just not quite clicking through. It'll go. Yes. Now I go. manifested all of last night. It's gonna work. I know so. she was up all last night. Yeah. She was just she was just steaming over this thing all last night. Just horrible night's sleep. Anyway, that's how science. We live and breathe the research. All we it's all you know because we're. I mean, we we do this the research and the FSHC work because um, we love to do it and we want to make a difference. But also, uh, God, we want to be done. Yeah. 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 It's. <laughs> setbacks are very like frustrating yeah, I know. yeah we'll get done anyway we're heading out so um you know we'll be back on wednesday you know i took a little, a little bit of time off i was up in vancouver but uh it's always a little bit hard to do these when i'm traveling but you know we're back for a while before we head to sydney for the chocolate ball mm -hmm. with fshc global research foundation so i don't know if you have don't have your tickets yet i think that's september 17th check out the sydney chocolate ball um, and uh, hey, we're we're out of here. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Yeah, and... thank you. It was great being on the podcast. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, we'll catch we'll catch up with you in South Africa. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. All right, see y'all. Bye bye.